Yo, what's happening, everybody? This is Jerome Thoy, man. I appreciate y'all checking in again to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast, volume number 17. I know some people out there like, dang, this dude cannot count. Hey, check this out, y'all. Don't hold it against me because I'm dyslexic, okay? So, I mean, I had to face it. But anyway, man, we're going to um go ahead and kick off the actual podcast I want to salute all the essential workers out there, man, that's putting their lives on the line every single day um, and providing products as well as services during this COVID-19 situation. I just want to jump right into the situation at hand, something that has bothered me all week. I'm shooting from the hip, baby. This is a shoot from the hip uh, uh, quarantine lean. You know what I'm saying? But this is how I feel, though. Man, I've been looking at the blogs and I seen Tim from Sweetie Pies and I seen that he is being accused of assisting someone in murdering his nephew. And that really, really hurt me um, to a point to where Like, I don't know, it was just unexplainable because I'm really, really close with my nephews and my cousins, right? And my nieces and my nephews, you know, I'm close. I'm a family person all the way around, to be honest. And the only thing that I could think about was his mother, Tim's mother, because I wasn't really familiar with, um, I think his name was Andre's mother. I don't want to misquote, but the, and I, it, it even hurts me saying them. I'm just going to say his nephew's mother. I don't want to say victim. I hate saying that. Um, I wasn't familiar with his nephew's mother. But um, one of the main reasons why when I first seen Welcome to Sweetie Pies on OWN, I couldn't help but to draw more closely to the show. Number one, because I'm a foodie. Okay. And number two, I've been saying for the longest that African-American soul food chains should have been established. Um, I just think that the, that the menu is too broad. Uh, Dookie Chasers in, um, in New Orleans, I don't think that they could pull that all the way over the United States because the people that's in the kitchen that's cooking with their own individual style, I just don't think that it would be duplicated. But another thing is, is that why I was so disappointed in actually hearing this news is that this was an actual family show. Sweetie Pie's, the actual restaurant, is a family business. And it was always something that I held near and dear to my heart it was almost like the Cosby shows of the mid 2000s that's how I looked at it except that it was a woman leading the family versus a man and I respected Tim so much for supporting his mother and being a great example to everybody else in the family and then it started to to get communicated about the deaths of his father Uh, the deaths of his cousins and different things like that. And I'm like, wow, these people have really been through a lot and they have made it through the fire. So when I seen 
Tim, it just it just broke me down. And man, Tim, if you out there, or if anybody that's a fan of Welcome to Sweetie Pies, man, y'all could chime in. But I I I hope and pray to God that he did not do this gruesome act to his nephew, someone that he was trying to be that he that he that he has mentioned several times that he is trying to be a mentor to. Another thing that bothered me is because him and his mother were not in a good space at one point in time. And his mother is a, I mean, my God, like I could, I could feel the love coming from her. And right now she don't even know me. And she may listen to this podcast one day and say, you know what? That's my, you know, that's my new son. That's the type of woman I feel that she was. She was very, very wise, very, very understanding and also very, very stern and smart as an actual businesswoman. She was nothing to be. She was nothing to be played with and or is nothing to be played with, you know, just from a just from a just from a mental level. She's a very, very strong minded, smooth, soothing individual. And when I seen that him and his mother was not getting along and there were times that his mother was actually you could see the hurt in her face. When she was coming to visit her son and he was. Basically, like, you know, saying he wasn't available. Now, I'm not going to even lie. And I'm going to get a little personal with y'all. There were some times in my life when me and my mom, we weren't getting along. But my soul, our souls wouldn't let us do it. And I felt that she was reaching out from her soul. And when she felt it was rejected, she just she just couldn't take it. And she was trying to guide him into longevity and showing him, hey, look, this is how I was able to make it this long. And this is what provided us with the opportunity to be able to provide for our families. Remember when he opened up the restaurants in Los Angeles and Houston and different other places? And he had a very, very good idea. But again, the soul, a soul food business model, it is so huge. The food cost is so huge because there's so many different ingredients. If you go, if you pay, if you pay attention to any restaurant concept, nine times out of 10, there's maybe one or two ingredients that they know that would be their moneymaker on. Some depend upon uh, uh, poultry, some depend upon seafood, right? Some even depend upon vegetables. But with a soul food restaurant or maybe pork, but with a soul food restaurant, you got to include all of that. You really, you really, really do. So I don't want to go and say this is what happened and that's what happened. What I do want to do is to send my best to the family. R.I.P. to the young man who lost his life and hoping and praying that Tim did not commit a heinous crime that will, oh man, 
hurt his mother so, so, so bad. And um, every, from everybody, this is from the bottom of my heart to the people that goes out. My prayer goes out to everybody that's in the Sweeties Pies. Um, individual family, also everybody that's in the restaurant, um, the staff, and all the crew members. Moving right along. How many times have you had to break up with somebody? And how excited were you when you first realized, you know what? I may be in a really, really good relationship. There's a song that says, it feels good to love somebody when somebody loves you back. Oh, man, that is. Let me continue. It's so good to love somebody and somebody loves you back. And that's a fact. Y'all already know I uh, unfortunately I miss my calling and singing. (laughs) But today. um, What what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down a really, really scaring statistic amongst African-Americans. And it's really, really starting to bother me. Well, it's been bothering me, but to the point to where we see single black men, right, that are sometimes broken, that are suffering from childhood trauma, um, that are having some psychiatric psych psychiatric issues there's my dyslexia kicking in again um from things that they've actually experienced in the streets or in prison some of these men are coming from broken homes and we have the same thing with women who've had to overcome with man becoming a single mom at 14 15 16 17 18 and not having the actual support system to hold things together and who had to probably drop out of school to get a job and make sure that she had an apartment through Section 8 and work at McDonald's and all of a sudden before you know it this woman is going to school part time oh my god she just became a nurse now she's on top she meets a guy he looks good you know they getting they diddy bop on in the club, whatever, woo, woo. You know what I'm saying? They probably be from the same neighborhood. She's changed her background. He hasn't. That ain't her fault. It's his fault. But they decide to move forward anyway because they have a common connection. Number one, a cultural connection. Number two, a demographic connection. And number three, a mental connection. Because at one point in time, they can still relate from the same mental background that they actually came from. So they cool. The difference here is, is this. The lady, the African-American woman, the single mom, she's manned up. A lot of times, and I have to be fair, fellas, a lot of times, the man... He hadn't decided to get his GED. 
he hadn't decided to, you know, get his HVAC license. Or he hadn't decided to, you know, go ahead and beat the odds and go ahead and get his college degree. He still want to kick it with the homies a little bit. So when there is an argument and he stays out too late, she brings up the money situation. Now the money, now the situation gets disrespectful. She may bring up the fact that he's behind on child support. He ain't taking care of his kids right. So if you ain't taking care of your kids, ain't no way possible you finna be with me and my kid in my place. Mind you, I said mine because he can't afford his. Then before you know it, the breakup happens. Now there's posts on social media, on Instagram, you know, screenshots of text messages, different things such as that. All of this nastiness is coming out. And a lot of people may say, you know what, Jerome, if that man would have stayed faithful to that woman, he wouldn't have had to worry about that. If they would have been properly, if they would have had better communication, then they could have got around that nasty argument. If she would have been putting it down, or if he would have been putting it down in the bedroom, he wouldn't have had no business out there trying to diddy bop with a whole nother female. All of these things may be true. But one thing is for sure. When it comes down to African Americans and divorce, the divorce rate is almost at 50%. Guess what it's about? Poverty. I think the Brookings Institute uh, report came out and said about 75% of African-American children, specifically boys, boys specifically, are living below the poverty line. Right here in Rockford, Illinois, where I live at, about 65 to 70% of black people here are living below the poverty line. So if you're in a relationship, your partner is dependent on you. So guess what? You don't have that extra 20 or 30 or even 80 bucks to go out and and waste when you have to put food on your table, when you have to worry about phones being on, car notes being paid on time, by the way. Right. Some people don't even have that. Some people are eating struggle meals. You know, when they go to the grocery store, instead of them buying chicken and pork, they filling up their things with the $2 pizzas and the, the dollar um, microwave meals. They're eating that, which to me, hey, look, do whatever you need to do to get by. I'm just I'm just being real. But poverty is the number one reason. So if you're in an argument with somebody and both of you all are having financial difficulties. Then, yes. A small argument can go as extreme as, you know what, guess what? I don't need your broke ass anyway. We ain't doing shit together. We we ain't doing nothing. We ain't accomplishing nothing. Fuck you. Think about that for a moment. Think about the situations 
right? That you're in. Now, one could easily say, okay, well, you know what? Dr. Dre wife is leaving him, right? Um, And she's suing him for damn near half a billion dollars. Jeff Bezos wife just left him, right? And she, and she sued him for damn near, what? I think it's some stupid number, like 25 billion shit. That didn't even make Jeff Bezos blink. Drop right back down on her ass. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> I'm just talking. Now, that was just a joke. But I'm just telling you what's real. During the pandemic, Jeff uh, um, Jeff Bezos has actually clocked in like another 15 billion in four months. Think about that for a moment. But anyway, that's a whole nother show. Uh, so one can play devil's advocate with that. Right. But nine times out of 10. If your financial situation is not good. That woman is not staying with you. Or that man. Even that man. Don't put it on the woman. Cause some, Hey, let's let's keep it real. Man, these dudes out here will hit the door on a woman. I'm talking about the door and hit the corner and run up the street. It's over with. I never want to see you again. Type shit. Like, we done. We done, done, done. You did this. You know what? My life is messed up. When in reality, when you start to pull the layers back and pull the layers back, Right? They saying all of these things. But their foundation wasn't right. Their financial foundation wasn't right. They tried to plant seeds and make a garden in an area where the where the where the grass was not fertile. His credit score wasn't 720. He wasn't bringing in I just say, let's think about this. Think about this for a moment, right? We just mentioned Jeff Bezos and Dr. Dre. Do you know if you make $85,000, you're damn near in like the top 25% in the United States? $85,000. It's 2020, y'all. $85,000. If you make it net, you clock it. That's one person. So imagine if two people were making that. Now that little petty ass argument because you stepped out. Oh, where you been? Oh, well, you know what? Um, sh- you know, you know, it's Sunday. We always sit up and drink tequila and watch the games at the church, baby. You already know that. Well, you know, we, you know what? It's 1130. Baby, I know. You know what? Um, the game went over just a little bit. It was in overtime. I know. Did you see it? You seen it, right? Yeah. Um, I just got an alert. What happened? Okay, well, you know, it was my turn to buy. You got the alert? Okay, well, I had just called up there and talked to them about that, about sending us alerts so, so that way, you know, we could get away from the um, the scammers. And if somebody tried to get our car, we'll already be ready. You see what I'm saying? It's a different conversation when people got money. But if that would have been the dude, oh, okay, so what the fuck you coming to at... um? Coming from at 1130. Ain't no damn football game last that long. And then I just got a damn text from Bank of America. And now our account is overdrawn. Because you out here trying to stump your motherfucking friends. They said you went to the liquor store. Did you go? Well, where the rest of the liquor at then? I want a shot. If, if our bank account overdrawn, at least I can get a shot of liquor. I tell you the truth. You ain't shit. See the difference between that? And dude, 
probably just had a stressful week at work. He don't want to hear that shit. You see what I'm saying? So, before we move forward, I want to let everybody know that's out there that's planning on getting married, especially if you're African-American, please make sure that your your person, the person that you're going to be marrying is that you all are in a financial position, a good financial position. Um, I want to tell y'all a story. At one point in time, I was in love, deeply in love um, with with a person. Um, I thought that she was she was the world to me. She was. And uh, we talked about marriage a lot. You know what I'm saying? And um, she was like, well, why can't we get married now? I was like, because, well, because um, all our bills aren't paid. All my bills ain't paid. Um, you're still in school. I mean, that's not a problem. I was like, you know, I'm paying I'm paying your tuition, though, but I need to have at least $15,000 in the bank and all of our bills are paid. And she was like, well, you know what? Are we going to are we going to have a wedding? And I was like, well, you know what, baby? Um, we can have a wedding. Right. Or we could buy a house. We don't want to spend twenty six thousand dollars on a wedding, baby, and we still living in an apartment. She was like, I never thought about it like that. So then as I'm talking to her mom and her dad about it, they say, well, you know what? My baby going to have a wedding. I said, well, you know what? Check this out. If your baby going to have a wedding, right, then y'all going to have to pay for the wedding. then, Right. If y'all wanted to have a big wedding, I was like me, myself, personally, I was like, as time goes on, every anniversary is going to get bigger. Right. That's what it's all about. You know, this is the starting point. We're coming from literally nothing. And I meant that. You see what I'm saying? Unfortunately, you know, things happen, you know, but life goes on. It's all good. Right now, I'm blessed, you know, to have a house that's fully paid for. I mean, I'm doing some rehab. It's it's very stressful. You know, I don't have a house on the hill. Um, It's not like five bedrooms, three baths, but God damn it, it's mine. You know what I'm saying? So... Whoever I marry, they're going to be coming into an actual situation to where like, hey, you know what? That money that that money that that money that you was paying on the rent. We don't got to worry about that now. You see what I'm saying? Now we can start pocketing that or making investments or looking toward, you know, starting a business or both of us get brokerage accounts and different things such as that. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? So that way we have a proper foundation. I just wanted to share that with you all. Um, I like to thank everybody that's been tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Man, we're on volume number 17. Um, and this is a blessing. Before I move forward, man, RIP to uh, Rashad Miller. Man, I really, really do um, just, I just, it's just something natural to say. You know, but right now I want to, I want to focus on something different and I want to focus on violence in Chicago, LA, Atlanta, Detroit, even here in Rockford, um, 
Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Miami, Oklahoma City, even the Mexican cartels. And a lot of people are like, hold on, Jerome. You're supposed to be giving African-American content. What's up? Well, first of all, I'm very diverse in my language. Make no mistake about that. But um, <laughs> pat on the back, by the way. But um, what do all these places have in common, right? It's high murder rate. New Orleans, right? Gary, Indiana, high murder rate. But what do all these places have in common? You know, of course, African-Americans live there. But this is what we see. Semi-automatic weapons. When the white vigilante group went to the capital of Michigan and demanded answers, they had semi-automatics weapons on their on their backs, on their shoulders. Mexican cartels, like these places like in Singaloa, Mexico, and like it's all of these new drug lords coming up out of there, and they're not playing around. They got these Ford X-10s, and it's all, everything is camouflaged. It's like, they like 30 deep, and they got these AKs and semi-automatics that, that could launch what are these grenades and they could shoot damn near 200 times these damn tummy guns who got that they call them Dracos or some shit it's ridiculous it's stupid and what I'm saying is this right the, because the picture is being painted to where they're really and truly that is now this is the one time that I won't go in on the black on black crime right because there's a there's another underlying area. I think his name is F G B Duck or something like that. The, the the rapper that just got killed in Chicago. You know they sprayed this guy's car. They sprayed his car with a semi-automatic weapon. People are being This is how so many kids are being killed because they're shooting in groups with the semi-automatic weapons and this is why everybody is getting hit. You see what I'm saying? This is why, this is why it's so many innocent bystanders that are being shot. Some wounded and some even killed. Because you have to be a skilled person to shoot these guns. And guess what? If you're not ready for that burst, because the trigger finger is so quick. You'd have been shot 40 times. You don't even know it. Just like that. And the NRA is allowing these guns to be sold. And somehow they're going through international borders. And in the hands of man drug lords now I've been watching a whole lot of television well not television YouTube I call it educational television and if you listen if you really listen to law enforcement 
they'll tell you that they're trying to do what? That they're trying to cut down on violence. And the number one slogan that every American wants to hear, stop the war on drugs. And they will go to any lengths by doing this. But their main thing is, guess what? If you disable, if you disable the the person that's, that's selling the drugs by by actually hitting them where it hurts and and taking their money, then they won't have. You never hear them say guns. Notice that. You never hear them say guns, because they understand that the gun business is actually more lucrative than the drug business. Oh yeah, it's an all twenty four day shop what they say whether rain sleet or snowing hey the gun business is very very lucrative and it's very very alive and well amongst everybody to the point that it's starting to be a wave of single African Americans starting to get guns for protection because they're thinking that it's going to be a time to where they're going to have to arm themselves just just for survival, right? But let me get back to these situations. The cities that I named earlier, all of these cities, all of these cities have a heavy gun population. Now check this out. As a felon... You're not supposed to have a gun. If a felon gets caught with a gun, that's called what they call a gun case. And you can get from anywhere from five, sometimes 10, maybe even 15 years in jail. For just not even, you you, you don't even have to shoot it. If you have it in your presence, you couldn't even, it doesn't matter if you committed a violent crime or not. They don't want you near no damn gun. And I guess what my question is, is shit. What's the difference? If we sell them, if we sell them to any and everybody, and we know for a fact, and we know for a fact that they're going to people that have way more money, way more power, way more influence than the average everyday person in the hood, I say we need to restrict these assault rifles, these AR-15s, AKs, that got, some of these guns have a, like a 200 round clip. I say we need to restrict this. And also, I say that that gun law, this gun law needs to be changed. You know what? If if a felon has a gun, you know, don't, pen, don't penalize that man for no gun. If he has a gun, so what? If he's not caught in the act of actually using it to commit a crime, it's another, it's another way that can send a dish, a dish, a disproportionate amount of African Americans and minorities to jail. That's my take on it. Now think about this. If you're in a shootout, right? If somebody's in a shootout and you got one gun that can shoot. Pow, pow, pow. Like on Harlem Nights. Pow, pow, pow. 
when I'm sitting in your house and say, don't shoot that little shit no more. Throw that shit down. Shoot that shit. Quick. I'm going to kill you quick. <laughs> now, don't you think that it would be, even if people are out here on bullshit, it could have saved a life. The more, the more bullets fly, the more people die. Man, we've been going through a lot. Now I want to talk about something different. I mean, again, I like to thank everybody that's been tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Again, my name is Jerome, a.k.a. J. Love, representing Strop City. Man, it's always a pleasure talking to y'all. Y'all can find me on Thor Media, um, on Facebook. My original name is on Facebook, Jerome Thornton, on um, Twitter at Rome Empire 77 uh, on Instagram at Virtual Hustle 77. Now, just Virtual Hustle. It's cool. Um, so, this next topic here. I just want to. I just want to be honest. Why is it that we get taken advantage of from, you know what, I'm not going to even do that. If anybody has been listening to the podcast, these last couple podcasts I did, I did that same time. But if y'all want to be interested in listening to what I'm talking about, it's going to be a great, great show. And y'all going to have to tune in next time. Thanks again for everybody for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast right here on Anchor and Spotify, baby. I'm going to holler at y'all.